You are now in queue to join Game from the Gamers, a podcast where good friends gaming on PS4 talk about life, movies, relationships, other random shit, and, well, obviously, video games. Starring Chad, Garcia, Trey, Xavier, Daryl, and Corey. Let us put you on game. Game from the Gamers is brought to you by Cool Nerd Productions. Now let's start the show. Um, I wanted to give you a quick rundown of the show. I don't want to bore you, but sure. um, do not feel the need to censor yourself. We are wild and crazy. Uh, okay, good. It is six young black men being very, very, very outlandish at times, but we talk about awesome. nerd culture. We talk about video games um, because that's we're, we're just big nerds at heart. And so this podcast kind of came along from us gaming all together on PlayStation and having these crazy conversations. And my brother would always say, are we recording this? And I'm just like laughing, like, no. And then I was like, wait, why are we not recording this? Like, I have the ability to do that. So um, I hook my yeah. PlayStation up and we record and it is just, it's hilarious. Some of it is super inappropriate, which works. And it's, I mean, we love doing it. So um, I love inappropriate. So I am your audience. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> that is right up my alley. Good, good. And we watched a couple of your previous interviews, too, so I kind of got that vibe. I didn't want to throw you into yeah. something that was too crazy. Um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So this um, this is the interview, I guess, segment that me and Xavier and Daryl, who's not here, decided to do um, just because we wanted to not only talk ourselves about things, but me being an mm -hmm. audio engineer, I run into a lot of different personalities and people and connections. And mm -hmm. I wanted to get different sure. viewpoints from the gaming and anime world. So um, we're hoping that you can shed some light on uh, your, just your experiences and, and kind of talk to you about uh, anime. And you're going to have to pardon Xavier. He's going to nerd out. Um, he, <laughs> he found out that you voiced some, some Dragon Ball Z. So he's, 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 uh, he's really hyped right now. <laughs> It wasn't even just Dragon Ball Z. Like, we were going down your wiki page, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> I forget sometimes because I've been doing it for such a long time, you know? Mm -hmm. And you, it's just like, it's your job. It's a really cool job. I'm sure you guys, you know, especially as a sound engineer, you get it. Like, it's fun, and it's great. But you forget, like, the amount of work you've done. And then somebody will be like, well, what shows have you been in? And I'm like, oh, shit, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of them all. So it's it's overwhelming for me, too. If that makes you feel any better. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not much, but a little bit. Enough to do this interview. Awesome. And so that being said, um, I'm going to pull up. We're, we're nerds. We took notes. So I'm going to no, pull up my great. notes. And um, Y'all are prepared. That's awesome. We try to be, try to be a little professional. Um, not only during our day jobs, but here too. Awesome. Y'all are great. I do this crazy intro, but I don't feel like I want to do it. Are you sure? You could do the crazy intro. Do the it's, crazy intro. It's long. I got to add to it. The thing is, I have to add to it every week. And because I've been added, we're, this is episode oh. 34. So the, it's, oh, it's, wow. it's getting ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and uh, I might just not add to it because it is that ridiculous. 
Um, oh, Xavier, funny. what do you think? Should I read this, man? I mean, go ahead. I mean, I told you to just pre-record it, but, you know, nobody listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if this doesn't turn out good, maybe I'll just pre-record it from here on out. Um, <laughs> but if you don't have any further questions for us, We'll jump right into this, and if there's any technical issues or whatever, I might be shouting things out here and there. Um, awesome, yeah. Just let me know if there's any issues, but yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. Cool. And we are live, episode 34, and I'm hyped. We are here, and we are back with another remix to Ignition Hot and Fresh Out the Kitchen, another rendition, an expedition, all facts, no fiction, a dosage of comedy not recommended by your pediatrician, that not yet approved by the FDA nutrition, that call me Sally Mae, and this is your tuition that, hmm, that don't sound too good, could be your transmission, another edition from the livest of tacticians, I just got an STD test from my physician, when you move how I move, be conscious of your position that 2018, so if you want the cheeks, you better get written permission, damn, this is a long intro, let me take a brief intermission, consider us a shot of pristine whiskey during the prohibition your blood your excuse me excuse me see this is the last line i just added this so i'm gonna do it one more time your blood pressure is high you need to eat better so consider us your dietitians the game from what? the gamers podcast <laughs> that was awesome and i was trying so hard not to laugh in the middle of it because it was so oh, good <laughs> Everybody struggles a little bit. I struggle too. I gotta say it. That's why I mess up at some point always because I'm laughing. Uh, but we, I am so excited about this episode. I did not think this was gonna happen. But kids, remember, if you ask, if you just ask, things can happen for you. Um, and this is a prime example of that. I am joined by the lovely, the most talented ADR director, voice actor, script writer, Monica Real. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm good. I am joined <laughs> here with Xavier. Xavier, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Pretty hyped. How about you? I'm more than excited. Um, just a brief introduction. I have to give a huge shout out to Evan. Evan, thank you. I'm not going to give you a last name because, you know, that's kind of weird. I don't want to have your people whole government out there. Yeah, people be stalking you or something. But Evan, thank you um, for connecting us. <laughs> And making this possible. Um, I'm going to actually kick this to Xavier because Xavier takes really good notes. So, Xavier, why don't you go ahead and run us through the gauntlet of questions? I have so many, but where do we start? <laughs> um, I actually want to start from the beginning, Monica, you know, before the Dragon Ball Z, you know, before the Hello Kitty, mm -hmm. Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, we can name so many titles. I mean, your resume is like damn near flawless. Uh, oh, as far as the animes goes. But, um, you know, when you was a kid, you know, what was your inspirations, you know, as far as like arts? Because, you know, I see that you, you know, studied jazz, you know, ballet. So it mm -hmm. just kind of seems like you were into like all different types of arts. Man, you guys really did your homework. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was a dancer. I wanted to be a ballerina. You know, I mean, what kid, like what little girl doesn't want to be a ballerina, right? So I, I started studying dance and I got really, really into it. And at the same time, I, I kind of realized I just liked being on stage. And so um, I ended up hurting my knee and not being able to be a professional dancer, 
which is great because they retire at, you know, 28 anyway. I didn't want to do that. So <laughs> I switched over to theater because I was like, hey, I can just be myself in theater. You know, in dance class, I was like, shut up, you know, stick your stomach in, stomach in you know, don't stick your butt out. And I can't help that because mine is huge. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, finally, I got into theater and I'm like, hey, I can be myself here. This is awesome. Um, and then I started studying theater and realizing how much I love it. Um, and then that with the anime stuff is where the directing and the, and the writing and all of these other different, you know, areas of, of art came along. And so I just kind of dipped my toe in each one and, and decided, Hey, I want to do a little bit of all of it. So even to this day, like I, I try to stay creative, even if I'm not acting or directing or writing, then I try to, you know, I do silly little cross stitches with foul language and, you know, I try to draw or, or paint or do whatever I can to stay active and artsy, if you will. That's so dope. Hmm, interesting. That really is. So she's like a jack of all trades over there. I try. I try. I try to be a renaissance woman. It doesn't always work out in my favor because it doesn't mean that everything I do is great. But I try. <laughs> okay. So outside of acting, what would you say is your favorite, favorite uh, art firm you like you love the most? Uh... You know, I really love writing. Um, I have a lot of fun writing. In fact, this last weekend, I was in Las Cruces for the Las Cruces International Film Festival. And my friend Jamie Markey and I were hosting this award ceremony. So they let us, you know, write the whole award ceremony and everything. Um, and apparently this is the first year that they had people that who were funny. Usually people just kind of read off, this is who won what award. So you could tell when we first got out there and started slinging jokes, people were like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh. Is this funny? Uh, but once they figured it out, like we couldn't get them to stop laughing. And that was really, really rewarding. So the, the writing, I think, touches people in a way that um, some other forms of art can't because you can really call out to people and really touch their soul. Um, maybe not with the comedy that we were dishing out, but, you know, uh, <laughs> different writing. So I'd say that's probably my number two. That and I'm also a licensed hairstylist. I'm just not practicing. So, hair wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's funny. Yeah, we have like a day called we call it Moni cuts, and I go up there with my hair shears and everything, and like one of the Funimation, I just do haircuts all day long. What? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so. I cut everybody's hair. It's awesome. That's no, wait a minute. That's crazy. You can't, you can't voice over Boma and cut hair. Like you can't do both. I do. She's doing Boma bobs on the weekend. (laughs) The only thing is, I mean, I cut Weiss. Let's see. I cut Weiss's hair. I used to cut Beerus's hair. The only person who won't let me cut their hair is Vegeta, but he really doesn't have any hair. So I think we're good. I should say Sab, it doesn't have any hair. Vegeta's got plenty. Sab does not. Oh, <laughs> that is great. That is great. Um, I got a quick question, Xavier, um, because I feel like this is important in leading out the interview. And we talked about this a little bit in the screen room, but um, despite what most people might see when they first look at you, you are a minority woman in an industry and you are successful successful you are very successful in what you do um thank you can you quickly give us your 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 ethnic slash nationality background and then kind of tell us what it's been like in the industry for you has it been tough 
Are there obstacles that you've had to, you know, overcome during your process oh, sure. of becoming famous? Yeah. So I'm Hispanic. My my dad is, is is straight from Spain. Straight from Spain. He still has, you know, the accent, the talks are like this. It's really great. Um, it's a great character study for me. Um, but, but it's been, you know, as an actor, it was really hard growing up because I always was very proud of my Spanish culture. And um, I speak Spanish, but I speak Castilian Spanish. So it sounds different than the Spanish that is spoken in South America or Mexico. So as a result, I never got to do anything that reflected my my Spanish culture. And it made me really sad. Um, so I was so happy when I found voiceover and anime, even though there aren't a lot of, of minority characters that come through anime, the few times that I have gotten to play them, it's just so rewarding. It's like, hey, look, here's somebody who's like me. They're 2D instead of 3D, but hey, they're still representative of who I am. Um, and that's been really nice. And I love, that's one thing that I really love about voice acting is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from, or what you sound like. Everybody can work. Everybody has a job. Um, there's some days that, you know, I'm, I'm playing girls. There's some play, days I'm playing boys. There's some days I'm playing space aliens and it's all cool. Um, and that's what I really love about our industry is that everybody, minorities, women, we're all kind of on the same, on the same level because there is no, um, you know, nobody sees our faces. We're kind of faceless, amoeba-like entities behind a microphone. So nobody <laughs> really knows anything about us. Um, so that's really liberating and freeing. But yeah, as soon as I started to see like the Hispanic characters pop up in, in anime. Now, granted, the first one I played was a character named Lala, Lara Gonzalez. And she was a luchador. Ooh. Which is, you know, it's Japan. They don't see a lot of Hispanics, so they go as like stereotypical as you can get. But oh, still, I was very proud to play a lot of because I was like, finally, I can actually inject some Spanish and an accent and do all these wonderful things. So it's nice to get those opportunities, which I would not get if I were doing more on camera work. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I was kind of I was upset myself when I started to see other races in anime just because they were kind of over the top um yeah they don't they're not i mean like they take stereotypes and they run with it just and i i guess i get it because it's a it's an island full of people who all look the same you know mm -hmm. what i mean like mm -hmm. they don't really have a lot of until recently they haven't really had a lot of other people um kind of infiltrate their society so i understand the not knowing however i don't understand the way they handle some of it, you know what I mean? Some of it's handled really awkwardly and you think you'd at least like try to find someone who's Hispanic or try to fi find someone of, of that culture and talk to them and learn about them rather than just taking a stereotype and running with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little upsetting, but I still enjoy the, uh, the, the, uh, anime as an art form. So, I want to throw that out there. Yeah. I'm still an anime fan. I would just love to see some changes there. Yeah, there's a great show that came out. Um, it actually came out years and years and years ago, but we just dubbed it um, a couple of years ago, and it was on Cartoon Network on Toonami, and it's called Michiko and Hachin. And um, it was really interesting because it was set in Brazil. So you had a lot of Afro-Latino characters, and it was really, really awesome because, you know, you had characters that didn't look like some kind of weird characterization of what they think Afro-Latino looks like. Um, 
And then they actually looked like people that you would see in Brazil. <laughs> and wow. It was awesome and so cool. And I really wish that more of the Japanese companies would kind of follow that lead and, and do their research and, uh, and maybe visit the country or visit the culture and find out more about it before they start animating. Because that show in particular um, had wonderful characters and was really well done, I feel, especially when you take into account that it was, you know, an anime and done in Japan. Um, Xavier, I'm going to kick it back to you, man. Um, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I felt that was important yeah, to let that be known. It's a great question. Um, and feel free to edit. Like, I didn't say this earlier, but yeah, feel free to edit it however you need to um, to make it not sound all choppity or if you feel like, um, cause I have a tendency to just talk. So please feel free to edit. <laughs> that is quite all right. That is quite all right. We don't mind, but yeah, Xavier, where do we leave off? Uh, we left off at anime. So, I mean, I was just going to ask, you know, when did you actually start watching anime? Cause I know this is something we talk about all the time. I know, um, you know, comparing it to the traditional, you know, American cartoons we watched growing up, it was like very, very different. So just was kind of interested, like, you know, when it caught your eye. Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of us have been watching anime for years and just didn't realize it was anime. Cause like when I was a kid, you know, Speed Racer, Voltron, Thundercats, like all these things that I loved. But at the time I had no clue that that stuff was coming from Japan. You know, it was just a cool show to watch. Even Sailor Moon and Robotech, like, um, I had dolls from both of those shows and I thought they were super cool, but had no clue that they were anime. It wasn't until um, I was a teenager and we went to Spain and visit fa visited family and my little brother fell in love with a show called Las Bolas de Dragón, which is Dragon Ball. You are going to let me use your Dragon Ball so I can make my wish, right? You can forget it. Grandpa gave me this ball to remember him by. And I'm not going to hand it over just because you're a girl. But your grandpa said to be as polite as possible to girls. Uh, hey, I know what. Look, I'll trade you. Uh. You let me have your Dragon Ball, and I'll let you have a little peek. What do I care about seeing your dirty old fanny? It is my dirty, you rude little boy! Um, and I would have to get up in the morning... And translate it because he's, his Spanish is not all that great. So I would have to voice all the characters in English for him and translate kind of on the fly. And he, then he was so obsessed with the show. He would like go pick up the manga, like the books and any kind of toys he could find. And then when he got home back to the States, he was so into it. He's like, okay, well, let me see what else I can find. That's kind of like Dragon Ball. And he got into Akira and Ghost in the Shell and you know, I couldn't quite handle the Dragon Ball back then, but I could handle the Akira and the Ghost in the Shell. So I started watching with him and realizing, oh, this is a whole, this is a whole genre in and of itself. This is a whole different art form. Um, and so, yeah, with Miguel, my little brother, he was the one that kind of taught me how it all worked. And that's when I started realizing the difference between the two. And, you know, I started kind of watching more and more. And so when I finally got the chance to audition... Um, my friend Jason Douglas, who's also a wonderful voice actor and plays Beerus, uh, he was like, "Hey, you should audition for this thing, and you're, you know, it's you get to be a cartoon character's voice." And he showed me his keychain, and he had like a little sorcerer hunter's character from an anime, and I'm like, 
that's not a cartoon. That's anime. I totally want to be an anime. So yeah, I, once I realized what it was, I realized how intricate the stories were and how much I loved it. And I didn't realize I've been watching it this whole time. I just didn't realize it was anime. Mm, that's interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Thundercats is Thundercats is a classic. Like yeah, I loved Thundercats and Voltron. My first crush was like when I was a little bitty kid. My first crush was on the the guy who flew the red lion, Keith. I think I can't remember now, but that was my first crush as a kid. I thought he was totally cute. I didn't care that he was animated. Oh, funny. Hey man, I have a friend that feels that way about Princess Jasmine. I'm not gonna say your name, oh, but you, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say your name. Princess Jasmine's cute. Wow, that's funny. That is funny. So was was that like your first gig then? Was getting into um, you jumped right into anime? Yeah. I mean, like, that was my first uh, professional voiceover gig. Like, I'd been doing stage, and I had done um, some on-camera work and stuff like that. But that was the first time I was ever in a recording studio or I was ever behind a microphone. Um, and it really wigged me out because, you know, you come from stage where you're so reliant on your physicality and you use your body to convey emotion and because you know you have people at the back of the audience that have to be able to tell how you're feeling and to have to be stripped of that and then all you have now to convey all that emotion is just your voice it's really daunting for an actor to go okay you're gonna take all of my tricks away from me and then make me start from zero and figure this all out so yeah it was it was really crazy to kind of jump headfirst into that and it took me a while you know I always tell people like don't watch my first shows that I ever did to judge me based on my acting. Cause it took me like two or three to figure out what I was doing. You know, that's crazy. The only reason why I say that's crazy is because, um, most of, I did audiobooks for Amazon for a couple of years. Oh yeah. And yeah. So like you run into voice actors who either, they always kind of have an acting background, but some are like, oh, I did commercials or I did little small things here and there. And then I worked my way in audiobooks, and then I worked my way to, you know, voicing over cartoons and things like that. Right. Um, but to hop straight into yeah. to anime is uh, <laughs> yeah. kudos to you. I, think, I yeah. think it was just right place, right time. You know, like it was just one of those situations where I called to see about auditions and and they were like, Hey, we're having them this weekend. Why don't you come on over? I'm like, Oh, okay. Shit. Yeah. I'll totally come over. And then after that, I thought, well, that was fun. Nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to go do my, go back to, to college and do my thing. And, um, and then they called and I started working. I'm like, okay, well, this is just a sweet gig while I'm in college and it's not going to amount to anything. And then now here we are almost 20 years later and I'm still doing it. Woo-hoo. Wow. And she's Bulma. I know. It's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it's so Nuts. weird. And it's so um, weird how life comes full circle, you know? From the dorm room to Dragon Ball Z. Crazy. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Crazy. Xavier, I see you got this question uh, next. I want to ask it um, because I'm curious. Um, so 
what are your thoughts about anime now becoming cool and popular and mainstream? Whereas maybe 10 years ago, you were a nerd and you got picked on right. if you watched anime. How are you, what are your thoughts about the transition into what I, I guess we could call it pop culture? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? I, you know what? I think it's awesome. And I think it's been really cool to watch. I know like, you know, half of the anime fans on the internet, like flipped their shit when Kim Kardashian, you know, tweeted that picture of her hair inspiration or hair inspo, as she would say. Um, and it was an anime picture, you know, everybody flipped out and they were like, she doesn't really like anime. She's just posting that because it's cool now. And I'm like, does it really matter? Like, if Kim Kardashian wants to sit around and watch anime all day, then good on her. You know what I mean? It's just going to make it more popular, which means that there's going to be more people watching it, which means that it's going to be more readily available, which means they'll make more merchandise, which means, you know what I mean? It just makes it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So if you really are an anime fan, instead of trying to be like, hipster elitist you know you should probably welcome it with open arms because then that means you get more of that thing that you love and also that thing of, that you love will probably get better because now more money you know the more people who are into it the more money is invested into it back in japan so you won't have like you know, I know some anime fans think that everything that comes out of Japan is gold, but let's be real. Like, there's gold, and then there's some crap. You know, there's some real <laughs> crap that comes out of Japan. So it's like, if there's more money injected into it, it's like, hey, maybe all the standards will go up. Maybe that show that you've always wanted to have a second season will finally get a second season. Um, so yeah, I always, I always feel like it's a good thing if it gets more popular, you know, it's more mainstream. Well, that's cool. That means it's readily available. It's easier to get a hold of. I mean, now you can get a Funimation subscription for like $5.95 a month and you get their whole catalog back in, what? you know, yeah, it's crazy. And like 10 years ago, you had to pay like 30 bucks for three episodes on a DVD, you know? So yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think people don't realize that it does, it does help the more that it's out there, the, the more readily available it's going to be and the more anime stuff you can get and the easier it'll be to get it. Um, so yeah, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's also really cool, you know, because I go to all these conventions and stuff and then you hear like Michael B. Jordan talking about how he likes anime I already told my fiance he's going to have to watch out because if I end up at a convention with Michael B. Jordan and he's talking about anime, <laughs> I am not responsible for whatever may happen next. <laughs> she says, I'm taking the shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, but that's just the thing that's going to happen. Oh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And I think that it's awesome that, you know, we have more people in the media who are fans of it and bringing attention to it. And people are seeing this, you know, finding this whole world that they didn't even know existed. And I think that's kind of exciting. And I think anime fans should be more welcoming and, and, you know, get excited to, to show your friends all the cool stuff. Because now you've gone from the nerd to, like, the super cool guy who can show everybody what they need to watch. You know? Mm-hmm. Total change of pace. Definitely. And I, I definitely echo the sentiment about more yeah. money. I know, Xavier, you can speak to this, too. You being in business and knowing finances. But having more money means they can finally finish the animes that we are looking to finish and doing it faster. Like, right. Cause it takes for, I know sometimes they want to follow the mangas and all of that stuff, but 
sometimes it's just like it takes too long to get a second season out. Oh, yeah. And there's like there's shows that I mean, everybody always asks me about the second season of Dead Man Wonderland or the second season of Panty and Stocking. And I'm like, look, we have no control over that. That is all Japan. I would love to do more of it, but it's all up to Japan. But that's the thing is the bigger the United States or the Western audience gets, then the more influence we're going to have over what is being creative. So it's created over there. So a show like Dead Man Wonderland that did really well here, but didn't do well there well, all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, if we're making more anime for the Western audience, then maybe we can invest some money in something like that, you know? Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's, that's really an interesting take. So I know Netflix just, what, invested like $8 billion into having like 50% um, Netflix originals. And I know they're, I think they're making like 30 new original anime titles. Wow. Yeah. I remember, remember, we were actually talking about that, man. Like of late, like their last four or five anime originals have been really good. Like the yeah. um, Anjin, the uh, Demi Human was good. Uh, Be the beginning. I, I just think I just told you about that one, man. Like that one was actually pretty good too. And they picked up Fate Zero. I don't know if you've seen Fate Zero yet, Monica, but that's actually a pretty good. One. No, I haven't heard. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard of it. But yeah, they picked up a lot, and I know like Funimation was just bought by Sony last year. Um, which means that the big companies and the big studios are paying attention, you know, actually they're seeing the numbers and they're seeing that it's popular and they're starting to pay attention, which I think is a good thing. Are there any, um, insider knowledge you could tell us that's coming out with that? I wish. Animation. I wish. I don't even know what's going on with that. I have no idea. Like, we're all kind of just, we're all still really excited because they've come in and everybody's been awesome. Um, but we have no, I have no idea what's going on. If, if they are planning big things, it's behind an iron curtain because I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> they, they do have the new Spider-Man though, right, Corey? The animated one? Because he had the, like, Jordans on. I don't... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh huh. I've been seeing that one. Um, the the um, what is it? Miles. It's it's they're doing Miles. Uh, I don't know if that's out yet or when that's coming out, but there's been some trailer that's been out, and he has on the uh Jordan ones, and oh, like, cool. yeah, it's a really like urban looking Spider Man. I hate saying urban, but a very urban looking Spider Man, and uh. It's really cool. I don't know oh, when that's neat. coming out. Um, I hope Donald Glover is doing the voice. Christmas. Know. Christmas of this year. And it's uh, Shamik Moore, the guy from Dope. I'll take that. I'll take Shamik Moore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah so moving Looks right cool. along here. Um, Xavier, I like the sound of your voice, man. What what is the next question that we have? I know we got the. I, I'm looking at the Dragon Ball Z, but before we go there, <laughs> yeah, before we go there, I was just gonna say, uh, what character did you have like the most fun voicing, and also too, like, what's your favorite anime show you've actually worked on? Oh, that I worked on. Oh, there's so there's so many. Um, I'd have to say some of my favorites that I've worked on, I really like lewd humor and I like being offensive. So Panty and Stocking with Garter Belt is really awesome because all it is is uh, me and Jamie Markey, Panty and Stocking, uh, yelling obscenities at each other for 12 episodes, which is pretty awesome. 
Um, <laughs> Ghost Stories is another one. So Ghost Stories is the show that that came out in Japan, and it just didn't do very well. It didn't sell very well because it wasn't it wasn't groundbreaking in any way, shape, or form. So the company let us throw out the translation and dub it however we wanted to. So it's not a faithful dub, but it's a really ridiculous, funny dub. So that one was a lot of fun to work on. Um, as far as dramas go, there's a show called Razifon uh, that is awesome, and I absolutely love it. Tokyo Ghoul was really great. Michiko and Hachin. I mean, there's so many. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Daryl freaks out about Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul so good. It's so good. Um I forgot what the other part of your question was because I went down memory lane. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I know you. I know you've worked on so many characters. So I, I was just gonna say, like, what character did you have the most fun voicing, like actually practicing and like you know research for that character? Um, I'd have to say, like, I'll probably go with like the last year. That'll be easier to narrow down than all of it. But <laughs> recently, I did a show called uh, "The Saga of Tanya the Evil," and it's a a little girl who kind of becomes the head of the military and it's very history based. So if you know anything about world war one history, she's on the wrong side of history. Um, but you end up rooting for her because she's so awful and crazy that you can't help but love her and want her to do more damage, even though, you know, she's the bad guy. And so men, I declare before you all, so you've no doubts about where I stand. Oh, dearest Lord. I'm going to slice you into tiny chunks of flesh and feed you to the dogs! But you see, you shouldn't worry. The Major will make sure this is taken care of. Um... And that one was a whole lot of fun because she's really effing twisted. And it was neat to kind of play with a psychological aspect of, wow, you really shouldn't like her as much as you do, but you, you kind of do. You kind of end up rooting for her to kill people. It's like, go, go kill them. Like, what am I doing? I feel awful about this. But at the same time, she's just so, she's just such a cool character. She's such a cool character. It makes me think of the uh, homunculus from uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Like, yeah. uh, like greed. Greed was like not a person you would ever like as a human yeah. being. Like he was super narcissistic, but it was like you loved him. Like you wanted him to win as the bad guy. Like yeah. I love this character. It's totally like that. And it even has this whole uh, religious thing to it because basically she doesn't believe in God and she calls him or her being X because she even refuses to like say a name and refuses to believe they exist. And so the whole time God is kind of messing with her and like make, you know, she has these powers that she can use in battle, but she has to pray in order to use the powers. So she's always like half-heartedly praying, like, I have to do this shit again. Okay, here we go. And then she gets her powers but she's always cursing him and, and he keeps popping up and, and trying to prove that he exists. Uh, and she keeps telling him to F off. So it's pretty, that's a neat, another neat aspect of it too. Cause you don't see many anime kind of touch on that whole side of things. 
Um, so yeah, it was just a really neat and interesting anime. It, unfortunately, it came out at the same time as Yuri on Ice, which is a great show, but like everybody loved Yuri on Ice and nobody watched Tanya. So now I'm like, go watch Tanya. It's awesome. Wow. Okay, cool. That premise sounds crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I, I like the character background. I want to watch it. If y'all are, y'all are on my Twitter, on my Twitter, on my, uh, front page, there's a pinned tweet. And it gets you, I think it's two weeks free on FunimationNow.com. Um, two weeks free and then you get your first month for 99 cents. So you can like try it out and see if you dig it. And if not, then you've only lost 99 cents, you know? I am going to your Twitter page right now to check this out. And if you Woo-hoo! are listening right now, make sure you go to Monica's page. Um if you search Monica Real R I A L on Twitter, um, you can find this. This that's really cool. Ninety nine cents is worth it to me. Yeah, for a whole that. month because that way you can just watch all the anime you want to watch. Um, and also, it's got all of the Japanese uh, super streaming, and then also the dub is they've been starting to put the dub up there after it airs on Cartoon Network Toonami. So yeah, they've got a lot of great stuff on there. It's their full catalog, I think. It's pretty crazy. Wow. And again, that's from Fundimation. This commercial was brought to you guys yeah, I by know, the right? game. I, from always the game. <laughs> I always feel bad because it totally feels like a commercial. But at the same time, like I remember when there were bumper stickers that said, you know, anime, crack is cheaper. I'm like, it's not true. I mean, I don't know the going rate for crack, but I can't imagine it's less than $5.95. <laughs> So it's like I keep telling people, I'm like, you need to take advantage of this because if I told people 20 years ago that this was going to happen, they would shit their pants. Yeah, coming from the <laughs> guy who bought "Help My Brother Buy the Cell Saga" on VHS, and oh. oh. each tape, I swear to you, had to be close to thirty dollars, and we bought yeah. it. It was crazy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a lot of VHS, and that is a lot of money. <laughs> So much. Holy moly. So much. So much money. And now you can get the whole, like, I think you can get all of Kai for like, oh, I don't even want to tell you because you'll cry. <laughs> it's like something ridiculously cheap and it's like the whole series. Oh, that makes me feel terrible, but. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't okay. mean to bring you down. <laughs> I was just a kid wasting my money anyway, so it's going to waste it one way or another. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm actually. Um, I'm curious to jump into, um, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, some of the Dragon Ball Z questions that you have, Xavier, and uh, I might throw some Soul Eater in there as well. Oh, um, yay! Just because we're going to throw Full Metal as well. Yes. Yay! Full metal as well. All great shows. <laughs> so, why don't you go ahead and start, X? I'm going to follow up. So, first, before we even ask any questions, uh, you know, how is it being part of, you know, these very, you know, successful and popular shows like Soul Eater, you know, DBZ and, you know, Full Metal Alchemist, you know, Hello Kitty. I mean, we can name a lot off of your resume, but, you know, like, how how is that, you know, like being Bulma? You're like, you're Bulma. Bulma is crazy. I mean, Bul- that, that one to me still um, surprises me because, I mean, I get fan mail from, like, you know, the Middle East and Italy and people that are like, hey, I watched your show. I'm like, really? In English? Oh my God. Okay, that's awesome. But it's so weird to think about people all over the world watching you. Because uh, we also record individually. 
So like when you go in to record, it's one at a time because we have to match those little lip flaps. Like we don't change the animation at all. So it's very time consuming and it's, it's very tough work, but I love it. But you don't think about people watching it. You're like, I just go in, I do my job and I act and it's fun and I go home and then that's it. And it's not until you like go to conventions or now like in the age of social media that you see how people interact with the shows that you do and and how they touch people's lives. It really, it really is cool to go out and meet people that get like this kind of excitement when they talk about their favorite show and, and, and how much they love your character. And then you kind of get excited too, because you remember what it was like to record it and how much, you know, it, it, it you loved it and how it touched you. So, but it's really cool to like, see how it affected people because we really do we record it and you kind of send it out into the universe and go well i hope they like it and you kind of forget about it and move on to the next thing and then you know to see how people respond to it is really 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 cool um and it can be a kind of overwhelming still because it's you know we're all voice actors nobody really knows what we look like until recently now people are all over Twitter and whatnot. And they're like, oh, hey, and they can, I can get recognized at the grocery store, which never happened before, um, <laughs> which I like and I don't like because it means that I always have to look on point. Like I can't just leave the house in pajamas, which is sad. But <laughs> other than that, it's really great to hear from people. And I love when people come up and, and tell me how a character has touched them or you know, how they feel about Bullman Vegeta or, hey, I'm watching Super and I really loved this moment and it reminded me of when I was a kid and I watched this moment and or all the people that come up and go, you're the voice of my childhood. And it's like, Oh God, <laughs> I want to cry. Um, Cause it's just so sweet. And it's so awesome. You know? That's okay. Like Chad, Chad actually said that. He was like, yo, she's, she's voiced my entire childhood. This is crazy. <laughs> he really did say that. He really did. Though. It's funny. Cause people say that and they're like, and it's it's so bizarre to me because I think about like the people who voiced my childhood because I didn't even think about voice actors when I was growing up. I just knew that I liked certain characters and then I found out later who they were. And it's really cool to think that, you know, there are, there are people that have grown up listening to me in different anime. And it's just so, it's so crazy. I have kind of like this motherly vibe with a lot of, especially the really young folks that come up. Because it's like, they really have their whole life. They've heard me in some different capacity. And it's so, it's cool and so weird, too. <laughs> That's awesome. So weird. That is awesome. I uh, definitely looking back on some of the uh, the clips I've seen um, online, because people, of course, put clips together of you in your best voiceover work. And I'm like, that voice <laughs> sounds familiar now that, now that I think about it. Um, a lot of villains that I can remember, not villains, but just like, uh, I hate calling after seeing Black Panther, I hate calling them villains because Michael B. Jordan right? made a great point you about, you never know. Yeah. You don't know the situation, but the antagonists, I can, I can hear the right. antagonists. I can hear, um, some of the more like maybe ditzy characters that you played. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just really cool. Um, yeah, it's super, super fun. You don't want to get into the Soul Eater stuff? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, you played... <laughs> Subaki in Soul yes. Eater. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of ditzy, but strong. Mm -hmm. How do you, I guess, how do you choose voices for the personalities of people? What is that process like? Well, for Soul Eater in particular, it was interesting because 
we were actually cast by the Japanese. So we auditioned and they sent it off to Japan and Japan kind of went, okay, this is who we want for each person. So when I saw the characters for Soul Eater, I assumed that I would be playing Patty, which is one of the two sisters, um, the little squeaky one, because that's a lot of what I was doing at the time. So when they came back and they're like, oh no, you're the sexy ninja weapon. I went, what? Are you serious? Like, yeah, they chose you for that. I'm like, oh, okay, great, sweet. I will take it. That <laughs> really doesn't, that's not normally the kind of role I get. Um, but coming up with a voice, what you do is you listen to the Japanese. Of course, you want to use that kind of as your springboard. You know, if they have a really high pitch voice, you don't want to lose, use a low pitch voice. And then you kind of look at the character and, and what they're doing. In the, in the case of Soul Leader, we did auditions. So you get what's called a side that has like a picture of the character and then it gives you a big rundown of who they are and what they're fighting for um, and who what their relationships are to the people around them. And then you have the lines after that. So you kind of take like, okay, this is what they look like. This is what they're going for. This is what the seiyu sounds like. And then wrap that all into one and just kind of hope that you're going in the right direction. And that's the director's job is to kind of go, okay, that was great. But, you know, maybe a little higher, a little breathier, maybe a little stronger. And they gave you direction until you find that voice that is going to stick for that character. And in the case of Tsubaki, we ended up going with something that was a little lighter, a little breathier, because everybody around her was so strong. And the one thing that Subaki is that none of them are is is patient. She's incredibly patient, and she will put up with Black Star even though everybody else is just over him completely. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that her voice had kind of that, you know, she was able to be silly and funny, and at the same time she had kind of that weight to her. She was kind of like the mom of the group, if you will just because she was so patient. Um, but yeah, it was all sent to Japan and they were the ones who cast that one, which was cool and weird all at the same time. Cause I never would have, if it were me casting the show, I wouldn't have cast myself as a sexy ninja weapon, but thank you, Japan. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll totally take it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I enjoyed her character and thinking back on it now, I think uh, I think her what are they called? Not handlers, but the Oh, her Meister. The Meister. I, I I believe that her Meister made her out to be a lot dumber than she actually was, but that was his personality, not hers. Um, yeah, Black Star, I always like to say that, you know, Subaki loves Black Star and she 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 just loves every little bit of him, but Monica hates him. Monica would mur- would have murdered him in the first episode because I just can't hang. And Brittany Karbowski did a wonderful job. It has nothing to do with the voice acting. It's just the character itself. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a big lesson in patience for me as an actor because I didn't want anything to do with Blackstar. And of course, every scene I had was with Blackstar. <laughs> <laughs> That's good acting. That's what that is. <laughs> that is I wanted great. to murder him. I wanted to murder him repeatedly. <laughs> oh man, Xavier, uh, what uh, Full Metal Alchemist? I'm gonna go Brotherhood because you said Brotherhood was your favorite, right? Yeah, um, I think Brotherhood was your favorite too. I think we felt the story was a little bit more in depth. I feel, and then the ending was better as well too. 
But you played May Chang. That's probably like one of my favorite characters oh, on, okay. on Full Metal. So I was going to say, like, how was it playing her? Because, you know, she was like a, I don't know, like seven or eight, like highly trained assassin. Like, and then too, like the alchemy she had learned from O and I, like she was just dope. Princess Chang! Hey, come on. Quit looking at me like you want to kill me, alright? Like, she yes. was a murderer, but she was a child at the same time. Like, it was a very weird, like, character premise. <laughs> she also has the best hair in anime, as far as I'm concerned. Like, those braids <laughs> and the little buns. I thought that was awesome. And Baby Chung Lee. Baby right. Chung Lee. And she's got a motherfucking panda. Which is pretty rad. I was so excited that she went everywhere with her little panda. I'm like, yes, I've got a panda. This is rad. She was great. Um, I really didn't think I was going to get to be in Brotherhood because I was in the original Full Metal as Lyra Dante, kind of like the main villain of the show. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, since this one, Brotherhood is closer to the manga and Dante's not in the manga, well, I'm just not going to be in the show. And I was okay with that and come to grips with it. And then Mike McFarlane, the director, was like, well, there's this other character that I'd really like to use you for. And as soon as I saw her, I immediately fell in love. Like, she's so cute and so spunky, but so incredibly smart and so talented with her alkahestry. Um, And at the time, I'd been voicing, like, a lot of little bitty cute, you know, little girls that talk like that. So I was getting kind of burnt out on it. I'm like, I need somebody to just challenge me and, and, and get me out of my little girl rut, if you will. And she was the one to do that. She came along and, and it was hard because she is such a badass, but at the same time, she's a little kid. And so she has her moments where she throws temper tantrums and she has her moments where she acts a little spoiled, but then she has to turn around and be able to be very serious and deal with Scar and all of these other things. So she was a really fun character and there was a lot of depth to her, which is cool because usually when children are involved in any kind of shows other than anime, they don't really have any depth. They're just kind of there for scenery or for a laugh. So it's nice. That's one thing I really love about anime is that the kids are powerful too. You know, a little girl can watch that show and be like, yeah, I want to be like Mei Chang. I want to be powerful too. Uh, but yeah, I love her. Yeah, it makes me always think about that one episode when her and uh, Ling were in the same house and they were like about to kill each other on sight. Like it was the funniest <laughs> episode. <laughs> like it was like on sight. Like she pulled out her daggers and everything. And they started yeah, oh, she's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's such a good show, and I really, really enjoy it. And I love that that people have really because you never know. Like the first one was such a success, and then you don't know what what was going to happen with Brotherhood. And I'm really glad that people enjoy it and took to it yeah i really do like brotherhood i don't like so the first one's cool it's just the ending's really i don't know i didn't get the ending like i feel like we had this conversation before Corey. and then the movie that came out after that was the place in like world war ii like i just was, yeah i was so lost <laughs> i was like okay so was i because i don't know what happened to my character like the last time you see her she's in an elevator with with gluttony and yeah, like that's all you see. But then she shows up in the movie, so I was like, "What's happening?" Okay, all right, but yay, Mei Chang, because then I got to be a totally different person. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't, I don't know what happened with the first one either. It was uh, a little odd. 
little odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like how they did this thing where it's like, um, well, they've been living in the magical world with alchemy. That's what they've been doing. But he's now in the real world where alchemy doesn't exist in the movie. And it was just like, that's what we're going with? Like, all right. I guess I'll see this through. And by the end of the movie, I was just like, I just wasted two hours of my time. I'll just yeah, go with my brother like, now. Like, I'm thinking logical. Like, well, if it doesn't exist, like, can he get his full body back? <laughs> like, I was like, what? Right. Why, why, why is he still there? Yeah. What's going on? Confused, very confused. But, but of course, we have to touch, you know, one of the fan favorites. Uh, you know, you playing Bulma. So I know you played her on DBZ Kai as well as in Super. So did you have to prepare or, you know, any different or possibly change your voice? Because I know Super takes place, well, like seven or eight years after the Blue Saga. So mm-hmm. I know Bulma's a little bit older. She just had a little girl. You know, a lot of things are, I feel like, very different for her. Yeah, it was it was really challenging. So um, I started with Kai, and it was hard because you know at that point you're you're kind of just redoing something that's already been done. Like it, I like Kai because it is kind of a Cliff's Notes version of Dragon Ball Z. Like you get all of the good information, but at the same time you don't have to watch the fights that go on for six episodes. They just go on for one episode now, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Um, but it was hard because I wanted to pay homage to the actress who played Bulma for such a long time, Tiffany Vollmer. So I watched a lot of her stuff and, and made sure that, you know, I sounded like her. I mean, Miguel, my little brother was such a huge Dragon Ball fan that I had grown up with him listening to Dragon Ball, but I never thought I would be a part of it. And so to get to audition for it and then be cast as Bulma was crazy. So I did my homework. Definitely. Um, then when we got to like the new movies, like, uh, battle of gods and resurrection F, that was where I kind of started to get to make her my own character. Um, and instead of worrying about paying homage to the former actress, I just started to kind of give her my Bulma, like what I felt was like my, my take on Bulma, especially since some time had passed and it was, you know, years later, um, and then in super, definitely, I feel like, you know, at this point, this is me 100%. And and I've tried to do the change gradual. So when you start out in Kai, you'll notice, you know, some people in Kai didn't even realize that the voice mm-hmm. actress for Bulma had changed because I tried to make it as close to the original as possible while still being true to my, my own performance. But then slowly over Kai, I gradually mm-hmm. take more liberties and make it more my own. And then the movies are now super um, I absolutely adore her. I've always loved Bulma. Um, I got the opportunity to go back and do Curse of the Blood Rubies, which is like the first Dragon Ball movie. Um, and it was really fun to get to play young Bulma. So I, I got to experience that just a little bit. But man, it's it's like if your favorite band or uh, finally, you know, somebody skip town and they're like oh okay well we need a guitarist uh and somebody calls you out of the blue hey you want to be our guitarist hell yeah i want to join the band of course and that's kind of how it felt it was like hey you want to be part of the band yeah i do sure so i've known all these guys for years and not to get to work alongside them has been it's really been a blessing and i and i'm so thankful and I love Bulma to death. I cannot tell you, especially she's gotten more sassier, man, like in fighters and um, the new game. And 
and on super, she is like up in people's faces. She will slap, you know, gods of destruction. She doesn't care in the game. She's all up in Cell's face. Like she just doesn't give a shit anymore. And that's what I love about her. She's even more feisty and more strong. And I think she's a great role model for girls. The Vegeta effect. I was just about to say that. Yeah. The Vegeta effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's rubbed on on her. That's for sure. And I think she's rubbed off on him too, especially in Super. Like you can see more moments of him really caring about his family, or even like Battle of Gods when he sings that stupid bingo song. Like the whole reason he's doing it is to try and protect his family and distract from you know the god of destruction. And that's the kind of stuff we didn't see from Vegeta before. So I feel like Bulma's made Vegeta a little softer, and Vegeta's made Bulma tough as nails yeah i, I remember um the episodes like right before they like started the actual uh like tournament and someone made a comment about boma like making something and he's like of course like that's my wife like he was like what do you mean like i'm the prince of all things like of course right. he like, that's my wife <laughs> yeah they get so he gets so proud of her and i love that in super two there's little moments of like when Bulma's going off with with Jocko, and he's like, "You better keep your hands to yourself." You know what I mean? Like, don't don't get any ideas. So he gets territorial, and he gets it's cute to see the stolen kisses and things things that we never saw in you know Z. We never really saw a lot of interaction between the two. It was like, "Hey, surprise! They have a baby." You know, <laughs> like they're together. Woo! Poor old Yamsha's just left by the wayside. <laughs> what can you do? Oh, man. <laughs> He's got Puar. He's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Yancha. That's, that's funny. That's He's a- got his imaginary cat. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you... So what do you think about uh, Super? Like, where do you think the franchise has gone? Because I know some fans, you know, we we normally read a lot of stuff on Twitter or I'll read, like, blogs. So I know a lot of people love the fight scenes. I know some people feel like the stories, you know, is going off on the tangent. Like, we've seen a lot of different, like, opinions and stuff. So we would love to hear your perspective on it. Well, I love, I, first of all, I love the Dragon Ball fandom because everybody is serious. Like they know what they like and they want to see it and that's it. And I really admire and respect that, man. Um, I will say that for me, um, I loved Battle of Gods. I know a lot of people didn't like it because there wasn't as much action, but I really liked it because I like character-driven stories. I want to learn more about the characters because I feel like once we we really fall in love with those characters, then it makes their their trials and tribulations even that more exciting. So Battle of Gods, I feel, was necessary to kind of bring you back into that world again because it had been such a long time since we had seen anything new, Dragon Ball. Um, so it kind of takes you back into that world, reintroduces you to those characters, gives you some more insight into their relationships. And then, you know, Resurrection of F... Um, is when it finally, you know, all the shit hits the fan and everything goes crazy and you're hooked in because there's some really great fights. And I feel like super, you know, I could have done without the, you know, regurgitation of the movies, but I understand why they did that. Not everybody saw the movies and so they had to cover those again. Um, But I've really enjoyed, like we, right now, you know, we're way behind the Japanese. We're trying to catch up, but there's only so much we can do. So we right now, like I just finished recording the Future Trunks saga. Oh, that's actually a good, that's a, I love that saga and super. Sorry. I'm used to watching with subtitles. So I'm like, I'm 
I'm on. No, that's good. Current episode. I get I get so many people too that are like, "Oh my god, did you know that this happens?" I'm like, "No, I do." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't didn't know if you like read or what, so that's why I didn't say anything. I was like, "I don't really, I don't want to like." like spoil anything no not at all you're not spoiling anything trust me like i've anything big that happens to them i've heard because people get so excited they're like oh my god guess what's gonna happen and that's totally cool i just like to experience like i want to experience it i don't want to watch it i want to experience it when i'm in the booth but i don't mind hearing about it and i think it's great that people are so excited and that i'm the person they run to to be like oh my god you get to do this thing and so i'm really excited i just did the uh scene that people have been talking to me forever about um, where Bulma is flirting with Zamasu to try and <laughs> to try and get his attention to distract him, and yeah. I I didn't realize how funny it was or where that there's like a gif from that that's all over Twitter that I've been using for months, and I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. Hey, so it was cool to know like when we hit that scene and I watch it and I'm like, oh, this is what the fans have been talking about. So then I knew to like really really play it up i'm like i hope i can make you guys proud uh but i love super i think it's been a lot of fun um i love the 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 involvement between the characters i really love that bulma in particular has become such a strong female voice um in kai she was there and she you know fixed things and and if it wasn't for the time machine and z you know none of this would have even happened but at the same time, like she stepped out from just being a catalyst to being one of the main characters, and she's much more involved in what's happening, um, and that's really exciting. And it shows young women, I think, like, hey, you can be smart and a scientist and 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 inventor. You can be sexy and flirt with, you know. <laughs> possible destroyers of universes you can be a mom you can be all of these things and still be a really strong woman and i think that makes her a really great role model too okay so can we anticipate you to be in the new dragon ball movie well i can't say because i don't think i'm allowed to say anything about any possible dragon ball movies Mm. but we'll just put it this way if i am not in that movie i will be pissed (laughs) (laughs) i better be in that movie or chris sabbat is gonna have me knocking down his front door because i know where he lives (laughs) (laughs) he's actually a really good friend of mine so okay uh, i think i'm safe as long as we dub it i think i'm safe Okay, I seen the tweet and I seen it on comic book, so I just figured I might as well ask you, but I'll take that answer. I'll take that answer. Awesome. <laughs> as soon as I'm able to talk about it, I will let you know. Okay. Oh, so do. since you've actually been involved in DBZ and deep I guess just Dragon Ball from the very beginning, you know, with your little brother from a very, you know, young age, like what is your favorite character in the entire universe if you could pick one? Oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, you know, <laughs> I love and I have a love hate relationship with Roshi. That reminds me, Bulma, I have a question. <laughs> what? I was wondering if you, <clears throat> if you would uh, give me a welcome back, smoochy kissy. <laughs> How about a handshake? I just think he's hilarious. The creep. Oh, God, he's such a creep. 
But I remember when I was watching it with Miguel, like back in Spain and watching Dragon Ball, I was like, man, that guy's disgusting, but I can't stop laughing. Like there's something about this dirty old man who wears a, a turtle shell on his back. You know what I mean? He's just so crazy. So I have a love-hate relationship with, with uh, Roshi, but now I definitely would have to say, you know, Vegeta being my anime husband, but he's also just kind of stolen my heart. I love the character development of where he started and where he is now. Um, as much as I love my pal Goku, he really hasn't have, had as much of an arc. You know, he's Goku and great things happen to him. And he's had some trials and tribulations, but Vegeta really has just kind of, you've seen so much growth from him over the course of, you know, Z and, and Super. Um, and I might be a little partial, but yeah, I do love me some Vegeta. No, I just was saying, I wish he got more shine. You know, I wish Vegeta could save the day more. That's right. Yeah. I keep hoping that maybe he'll get like his own spinoff show. You know what I mean? Like give Vegeta his own show where he's grumpy all the time. I think that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> grumpy and raising <laughs> kids. Don't even make it about like fighting or anything. It's like Can a normal imagine? sitcom of him raising yeah. kids grumpy. Yeah, him and Piccolo. It could just be like Piccolo and Vegeta. <laughs> Raising children because they're the only two. And even Vegeta's not very good at it. Piccolo, I mean, those memes about Piccolo being the best dad in Dragon Ball Z are 100% legit. <laughs> Piccolo is definitely the best dad. Best dad by far. Is everybody's godfather? <laughs> yeah, pretty much he must be because he's the only one that sticks around, man. He takes really good care of everybody. <laughs> they always call Goku a deadbeat. Ah, he's never home. <laughs> Man, no wonder Chi Chi yells at him all the time. Man, he's never around. I would yell at him too. Uh, <laughs> funniest Dragon Ball Z meme had to be someone. I don't know who who like was watching this closely, but it's either Frieza or Cell when they kick Vegeta in the arm, and then they show mm-hmm. clips of him holding his arm in every battle ever since. And they were oh. like, Vegeta should probably get that arm looked at right about now. Like, it's getting worse. <laughs> like, it's always his right arm. Like, ever since he got kicked. I love the Dragon Ball Z memes. They're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, some of them are so creative and so crazy. I love it. And my fiance didn't really, like, Z never hit, hit him, you know, when he was younger and he watched it. He had friends that were really into Dragon Ball Z, but it never really... Um, it never really appealed to him. And now we've been watching Super every Saturday when it comes out. We watch it on Cartoon Network and talk about it. And he loves it. Like he's super into it now. And so any Dragon Ball memes that come along, I can expect them either in my inbox or, babe, 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 look at this, look at this. <laughs> so it's super exciting. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the Dragon Ball memes. That's for sure. That is awesome. That is too awesome. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that's dope. I think that the relationship goals right now, people are looking to watch anime uh, with their significant other. I just think that's really cool. Like people, people are really looking to do that now. That's like a thing. Hashtag yeah, relationship well, goals. It's funny because I think for him, like when he first started coming to conventions with me, I started him off small. So we did like this little bitty convention that had like 300 people. And then, okay, let's go to one that has 500 people and then 1,000 and then 2,000 and then 30,000, you know, like work (laughs) him up slowly. Um, But he started coming to the cons with me to help me out. 
Um, and he would look at the character cards. And at first he had no idea who any of them are, except for Bulma. He was like, okay, I get this one. I don't know who these other people are. So now he's really taken an interest in figuring out, because he hears from people all the time, oh, I love this show and I love this character. So now he's like, I want to figure out why they love those characters and why they love those shows. So he went from not knowing really any anime at all to watching Super with me, and he's watched Shimonetta, and he's watched Penny and Stocking, and he, you know, he's done all these different things. So now he's very familiar with all the characters and everything, and it's kind of cool to watch this guy who's like, he's in the mortgage industry. Like he's not even, he's not even a big gamer or anything like that. But he, he, he'll watch the anime with me now, and it's pretty awesome. That is so cool. That is so it's dope. Fun. I feel like a lot of newcomers to anime, like once they realize like how vivid the stories are and how, you know, detailed they are, like a lot of people actually. Yeah. I think people just assume because it's animated that it's kid stuff. You know what I mean? Like that they're not going to, that it's not something that they're going to want to be a part of, but it's like, Hey, it's just like film. There's different genres. You can have a horror anime or a romantic anime or a fighting anime, just like you can at the movie theater. Um, and I think once people figure that out, then they're much more prone to like sit around and, and watch and get invested. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good point. It's a good point. I hate when people make the cartoon comparison. It's not cartoons, bro. It's yeah, it's, it is. it's much smarter than that. You know, as much as I loved Scooby-Doo and the Jetsons, I would not suggest someone watch the Jetsons and then go watch Dragon Ball. Cause like, you're totally, and Dragon Ball is closer to like a regular cartoon is at least in, as far as humor and age, you know, mm-hmm. um, even still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put those two things in the same places. You know, it always weirded me out because we would do the Y7 versions of, you know, the show so that it could play on, I think Kai for a while was on the WB. Um, so they'd make us do all of these Y7 versions, of course, where nobody dies, nobody curses, um, Mr. Satan is Mr. Hercule, you know, things like that. Popo was blue. Like there was all these weird changes that they made so that it could be on television for kids. Um, and I remember thinking like, this is really, really odd to take a show that is so deep and, and such a, a hardcore show and then try to make it for children, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. kind of difficult. It's kind of hard to do. They made Popo blue? I yeah, did he, not catch he was that. Either, yeah, he was either blue or purple. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Popo, his design is, is pretty offensive, you know? Yeah. But to change him a completely different color almost made it more it was just weird it's like okay that's even weirder like why would you do that but they did a lot of weird stuff like i had a line um you know in bulma's on namek and dealing with all that business she had a line that was uh get me off of this stupid planet and i had to go back and re-record it because the network said they didn't want me saying anything negative about the planet calling it stupid because that's not green what yeah like that's that's bad like we don't want kids to grow up and be you know not green and not into saving the planet so we can't call a planet stupid i'm like well i'm not calling earth stupid i'm calling namek stupid and it's not even a real planet but okay so we had to change the line for the network it was very strange Mm. okay 
So don't call planets stupid, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> and don't listen to this podcast either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, thinking about it now, should turn Just this off. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Um, we are 73 minutes into this. I always feel bad taking people's time, so I don't want to hog any more of your time. Um, but Xavier, do you have any final questions? Um, no, I think we got pretty much everything answered unless there's something you have, man. No, um, we had a gentleman on here, a good friend of mine, Jason Freeman, and he spoke, um, on like episode 20, I think it was one. He spoke Mm -hmm. on the ADR process. So our fans should be a little bit more familiar with that now because he went pretty in depth and it was very nerdy and it was, um, we try to make it easy to keep up with. But when you're speaking of, uh, mouth flaps and doing walla work and, you know, all that kind of stuff, we, we, we understand what you mean now. Um, so I don't have any like technical questions. Um, I would like to have you give some shout outs though. If you have any shout outs, social medias, um, anything like that. So now's the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my Twitter and my Instagram are at realisms and that's at R I A L I S M S. Um, I have a really awesome Facebook group uh, called The Realists that are over on Facebook, and it's moderated by some really awesome guys whom I'm deeply appreciative of. And I have a website that's uh, themonicareal.com. I'm not really full of myself. Monica Real is a famous uh, surgeon in Argentina, so I got to be the Monica Real. But yeah, that's my social media and stuff, so please find me online. Please do. And real quick before we leave, could you please do a Boma line for us or any anime? Oh, sure. um, but just one yeah, line I'm for us. Trying to think. My favorite Boma line of all time is in uh, Battle of Gods in the movie. Oh, I'm just saying, let me move into this other room because my fiance is telling me he's talking about um, So, my favorite Boma line ever is from Battle of Gods, and it's when uh, Beerus and Weiss come down, right? And Vegeta's all freaking out because Bulma comes around the corner and she's kind of drunk because it's her birthday party. And as she comes around the corner and talks to them, you know, he's trying to do anything he can. Like he's introducing them as his friends because he's like, I'm just, just go away, woman. Um, and so as she turns around to go back to the party, she calls out to everyone, hey, you guys. Vegeta has friends <laughs> and then laughs. <laughs> and that has to be my favorite line I've ever said because I got to deliver it straight to Chris Savitt because he was directing the movie. And to be able to say that line and laugh right in his face just made my whole day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, made awesome. my whole day. So to this day, that is still my favorite line. Um, I have some favorite episodes, but that's definitely my favorite line. That is so awesome. Monica, thank you so much for doing this interview with the little guys. We appreciate that. No, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. And yeah, yes, you, thank you. If you ever if you ever wanna wanna chat, you just reach out to me and, and we'll make it happen. We'll do. We might have to contact you again once the movies and stuff start coming out and once we start yeah. seeing you and more stuff, we'll we'll contact you again and 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 get get some scoops. Oh, and I should probably um well before, when I was shouting out, I probably should have mentioned there's a convention 
coming up and hopefully it'll be annual, but in May, I want to say it's the first weekend in May. It is. It's the fourth through sixth. It's called KameaCon and it's the first Dragon Ball only convention that's ever happened. And it's going to happen here in Dallas or right outside of Dallas in a place called Irving. Um, so if people are interested, they still have tickets available and you can come see, I know Sean Schummel is going to be there. The voice of Goku, um, uh, Chris Sabat, who's the voice of Vegeta, me, and a whole bunch of people that don't make it out to a whole lot of cons because it's here in town, which is nice. So Kamehacon is definitely something to check out if you're into Dragon Ball. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, this should be fun. Xavier, you should go. Xavier, you have um, to go. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is You awesome. totally should. It should be a good time. Well, again, thank you. Um for everything that you've done and um thank you for voicing our childhood as my brother would say and uh it was a pleasure having you on the show so thank you yes thank you it's been very exciting i loved it oh thank you so much and yeah thanks for chatting with me and anytime i would love to y'all are fun to chat with and this has been episode 34 of game from the gamers podcast